power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I hope you can hear me from the back. Yeah, we thank God for this morning. Amen. 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 Oh, today I need some spiritual responses. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Close your eyes, lift up your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Say, I declare that my heart is open. Say, I declare. That my spirit is open. Say, I declare that I am ready to receive from the Lord in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together for the Lord this morning. We thank God for an instrumentless morning like this. Amen. But I'm sure you agree with me that worshiping without instruments also has its unique flavor. We hear each other well, and you feel like we are doing something together. Yeah, so at least for the next four Sundays, let us enjoy that dimension of worship. Amen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very powerful thing. The, the computer too is misbehaving, so Facebook audience, sorry, we can't have live Facebook. We'll rebroadcast to them later, eh? Maybe the, the gods are frozen. <laughs> are frozen that one too. Yeah. But how many of you are ready for the word this morning? Yeah. Today I'll deliver a very quick word to you, which I believe will be a blessing to somebody. Amen. amen. Oh, amen. amen. Today I don't need people sleeping. No. I need you to be wide awake. Amen. amen. I said amen. Amen. I'm just trying to wind you up so that, you know, you can get into the mood for what we are about to do. Turn your Bibles with me, or if, now it's more of punch. Punch your Bibles with me, because we are in the digital era. Yeah. To the book of Jonah, for the projection, give me the New King James Version. The book of Jonah, the chapter number one. I'm reading from verse 1 to verse 16. Jonah chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 16. It's one of those books that we don't usually preach from. Matthew, come on, John, Luke, those things. But today I'm going to a corner of the Bible called Jonah. Hallelujah. Jonah chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 16. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Verse 3. It said, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. Somebody say he paid the fare. And went down into it. To go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea. 
so that the ship was about to be broken up. Verse 5. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea. Somebody say, threw the cargo. Say it again, threw the cargo. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down, and was fast asleep. The next verse. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Verse 7. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Verse 8. Then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? The next verse. So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea, which is now misbehaving, and the dry land. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Verse 11. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may become for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. That means he gave himself a death sentence. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Verse 13. Nevertheless, the men rode hard. To return to the land. That means they were still trying. But they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Verse 14. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said. We pray O Lord. Please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood. For you O Lord have done as it pleased you. Verse 15. So they picked up Jonah. And threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. And the last verse. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Hallelujah. Now, this is a story I believe we are all familiar with one way or the other. Of the prophet called Jonah, who God gave an assignment to go into the town of Nineveh to speak against the evil deeds. But this man ran away from the responsibility and joined a ship, he paid the ship fare, and was on his way to another town called Tarshish. That means Jonah was supposed to be in Nineveh, but he was heading in the wrong direction to Tarshish. Hallelujah. Now, everybody's life is like a ship that is going somewhere. And today, the title of my message to you is that there is a Jonah in the vessel. Everybody say, there's a Jonah in the vessel. Say it again, there is a Jonah in the vessel. Sometimes when there are storms, sometimes when there is confusion, sometimes when things are tempestuous around us and things are not going the way we are supposed to go, there is a possibility that there is a Jonah in the vessel. So what is Jonah? Jonah can be a human being, 
Jonah can be an idea. Jonah can be a mindset. Jonah can be a character trait. Jonah can be a habit. But so long as Jonah was in that shape, that ship was never going to reach its destination. Everybody's life is like a ship that has a particular destination. There is a plan, there is a purpose, there is destiny upon everybody's head. There is a place God wants everybody to go. But as long as or so long as you have a Jonah on your ship, that vessel will never reach its destination. And today my prayer for you is that God will open your eyes, open your spirit for you to be able to identify the Jonas that are in your life and that you will receive the strength and the boldness to capture the Jonah and throw him overboard. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, there are a lot of lessons we can learn from this, this thing. The presence of Jonah caused things to be some way on the ship. There are some of us our lives are some way. There are certain things that are not going the way they are supposed to go. And it's because of the presence of a certain Jonah. As I said, Jonah can be animate. It can be inanimate. It can be a human being. It can be a man. It can be a woman. Jonah can be a certain mindset that you have. Jonah can be a certain mental stronghold that you have. Jonah can be a certain belief system that you need to throw away for you to be able to seek, find, and fulfill your God-given purpose and your destiny on this earth. Hallelujah. So maybe let's start with the animate Jonas. The human beings that are Jonas. Now let's take note of the fact that Jonah is not necessarily a bad person. This Jonah we are dealing with was a very good person. He was a prophet of God. Hallelujah. But what makes Jonah problematic is the fact that Jonah is in the wrong place. Jonah is supposed to be in Nineveh, but Jonah is heading towards Tarshish. And so there are people in our lives who may not necessarily be bad people, but they are not supposed to be in our lives. They are ectopic in our lives. Pregnancy is a very good thing. But pregnancy is supposed to take place in the uterus. This very good thing, when it is misplaced, mispositioned, and it ends up in the fallopian tubes, becomes an ectopic pregnancy, and instead of it bringing life, it can cause death. So a good person in the wrong place can cause a lot of trouble. And that is what was happening with Jonah. Hallelujah. There are some associations and relationships that people must break from. And it's not because the person is a bad person. It's not because the person is an evil person. But it's all because the person is not supposed to be in your life. That is not the person's final destination. Hallelujah. There are people who come into our lives and are supposed to be transient. They are supposed to just come and pass through. They are supposed to just come and fulfill a certain agenda. They are just supposed to come and help you to, to do something. And they are just supposed to come, pass through, and leave. But we make the mistake of making these people permanent fixtures in our lives. And that is when it becomes problematic. I pray that God will open your eyes. God will open your spirit. God will open your mind for you to be able to identify the Jonas in your life. 
What I'm saying, I know it's a very difficult thing. Sometimes you can see that, no, this person, is not like the person is bad. But the person's presence alone and the person's influence is not helping me to get to where I'm supposed to get to. There are some people, just because of their mentality, they are not bad people in themselves, but because of their mentality and the influence they have on you, you can't worship God the way you want to worship God. They don't believe in halal and <laughs> yada and yenda and <laughs> they don't believe in those things. They, they believe God must be worshipped in, in a certain way. Why must you speak in tongues? After all, the Bible said in the book of Acts, that on the day of Pentecost, when they prayed in tongues, people could hear and understand what they said. The thing that you have been speaking, do you understand it? It means it is fake. I had somebody sitting on TV talking like that. Somebody who has taken it upon himself to chastise men of God on TV. But you see, when you want to do something like that, get your theological facts right. You are coming to challenge people on something you yourself are not an authority on. At a point in time, you'll be exposed. A person was sitting on TV saying, this tongue, hiribaba, hiribaba, things people are saying. And I don't know, when people want to make fun of tongue, it's hiribaba, they say, they don't say anything. It's, like, it's as if that is the standard one they use to make fun. Say this hiribaba, hiribaba, things that they have been doing. Nobody understands them. But on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, those who came from different countries understood now, he has had tongues for like 20-something years. He has never understood anything before. So, it is fake. But you see, the same Bible also says that when you speak in tongues, you do not speak unto men. Your understanding is unfruitful. No man understands you because you commune with God. So, is the Bible contradicting itself? No. It should just tell you there are two different types of tongues. Simple. Hallelujah. So there are people in our lives who may not necessarily be bad people, but because of their mental, the way they think, the way they want things done, and their influence upon your life, you may not be able to reach where you are supposed to reach. And you must have the boldness to cut ties. You must have the boldness to bundle them and take them out of your life. Hallelujah. If you are destined to be a big-time businessman with then, 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 and you are around somebody who is always preaching small is beautiful. Simple is nice. You must be humble. You must be humble. It will tell you that don't dream to own a car within the first year of working. Because some, some, some people use 20 years to acquire their first fourth-hand car. Not even second-hand, fourth-hand. And they are constantly pumping these things into your, your ears. Naysayers and doubters. These are people who, who maybe genuinely have you at heart. They are good people, but they are not good for you. Hallelujah. They may be perfect for somebody else. You see, that is why when certain breakups happen, you shouldn't kill yourself over them. Don't start looking at yourself like, ah, there is something wrong with me. There's, there's nothing wrong with you. The person is just not the right person in your life. Hallelujah. It's as simple as that. The person is just not the right person. The correct thing in the wrong place, like a pregnancy, can cause problems. Can cause problems. 
You don't continue to let it remain there when it is harming you. There are some people, they are generally good but verbally abusive. You are in a relationship with such a person. Every other thing is fine, but the verbal abuse. And you see, everybody, when it comes to relating to people, there are some no-go areas. There are things you can't compromise on. There are things you can live with. And this is why I'm giving you some counseling here. So open your ears. And there, there, there are things you can live with, and there are others that are complete no-go areas. No matter how saintly the person is, no matter how beautiful the person is inside out, when those things are there, you know that it won't work. My advice to you is that when you see some of those things, just flee. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Me, there are certain character traits I know I couldn't have married a woman with those kind of... You can be... You may have dropped from the sky. But if you have those character traits, uh-uh, it won't work. <laughs> it will not work. It will not work. Like, from childhood, I, I just can't... It's like it's a, it's a quality... I have a lot of warfare against. I know somebody who can stand a liar. You can be as handsome as whatever. You can be as beautiful as what. The moment you tell one lie, two lies, all the attraction disappears. Just goes away like that. Look, don't compromise on those things that you know you can modify in your system. Otherwise, you have problems. Hallelujah. Just get the boldness and bundle the person out of your life. Sometimes we do this, oh, our best sister, our best sister, our best sister. Five years, no sister. Ten years, no sister. And you are there, miserable. No. Some can't stand rudeness. You know there are people who don't know how to talk. Simple, take the book for me. The way they will say it, take the book for me, oh. <laughs> And sometimes maybe they don't even mean evil, though. But you just can't stand that kind of harshness. How many of you are, are, are identify what I'm talking about? Ah, you know the person is, is joking, though, but still, it, it, it hurts you. It hurts you. So Jonas are not necessarily bad people. They may be good people, but because of one thing or the other, they can't be in your life permanently. May God give you the grace to identify the Jonas. The Jonas can be acquaintances in your lives, but they can't be friends. They can be people you can be nice to. But they can't be friends. They can't be beloveds. They can't be husbands. They can't be wives. They can't be business partners. You are in a relationship with somebody who is physically abusive. He's going out with you. You are late. You come out with your this and he pushes your ticket. It is. Hurry up and let's go. And tell me, uncle. Maybe I are late. People are in relationships and they are being pummeled like punching bags. 
They'll come out in the morning and their eye is blue. You ask them, they say they have a, a bleeding disorder. <laughs> Meanwhile, it is punches. Uh-huh. You could do he slays me. Yet will I trust him. Very soon, it won't be just slapping you. There was a lady I told her point blank. I usually don't come out straight that breakup. She said, man of God, my beloved has a temper problem. I was like, okay. I was like, what? He gets angry easily. I was like, he gets angry. What does he do? Give me an example. I said, one day, he got angry over something very little, and he took her phone and smashed it on the ground. I told her, leave this relationship. The next time, it will be your head in pieces. Scar. And cerebrospinal fluid on the ground and your brains shattered. Some of these people, it's like something just enters them. They do the thing and later they regret it. I told them, leave. Immediately. Otherwise, one day they'll call your parents and they'll come and carry your corpse away. But you see, sometimes, eh? People are in some of these things and they are suffering and the reason they cannot live is because a part of them has gone to be with the person. Can I go there? <laughs> a part of them has gone to be with the person. Because the Bible makes it clear, when you sleep with somebody, you are joined together. Not in holy matrimony. <laughs> so people are in abusive relationships. They are suffering. There are people who are in relationships and they have lost every sense of confidence. Hey, look, look, look at you. Look, look at you. When you are too slim, they will complain. Get some flesh. When you are too big to uh, look at you, look at you, you can't like, like yourself like a wardrobe. No shape. Somebody said, describe somebody said you are like a Atakwami building. You see those mad houses, no? Like straight, big and straight like that. No caps anywhere. And they will abuse you verbally. You lose your sense of confidence. There are people who are depressed because of people around them. Receive the boldness to bundle such Jonas out of your life in the name of Jesus. You need people who will encourage you. You need people who will speak positive things into your life. You need people who will lift up your spirits. Not those who will come and dump in your spirit. And that part of you that has gone to be with the person, there is nothing the Holy Spirit cannot do. We can retrieve it and take it back. By prayer, it is possible. It's possible. Soul ties can be broken. That's why we call them. They are soul ties. They can be broken. Simple prayer. Most of the time when it happens, it happens that way, I recommend fast. You just fast two days and pray a prayer that, Lord, I break every soul tie. It will be broken. That is all you need. One lady who broke up with a gentleman, every night she dreams and sees the gentleman. 
I told her, go on a two-day fast. When you finish, bring oil. I'll pray for you. I prayed, I anointed her. I annulled whatever it is that has happened in the spirit. Say, said, hi, man of God, now I can sleep. I don't even feel anything for him again. Those days, it's like no other guy looked okay and attractive to her. Her standard was just gentleman. May the Lord deliver people from soul ties in the name of Jesus. You need boldness. You need boldness. Bundle the Jonas out. And you realize from the scripture that the people were trying to manage Jonah. And that is what a lot of people are doing. You have identified this person that this person is a wrong influence in my life. That's why the Bible says, be not unequally joked together with unbelievers. You know that this guy, anytime he calls, it is trouble. Anytime you see a video call and it is him, you know he's coming to show you things and say things that will cause you not to want to come to church on Sunday. Can I go there? People who will induce all kinds of steamy conversations with you. And you can't even do your quiet time. They'll say all kinds of words into your ears. You can't even meditate on the goodness of God. When you come to church, worship is difficult. People who are, I scratch your back, you scratch my back, people in your life. Oh, as for relationship, no, we don't want a relationship. But you know, we are friends with benefits. Scratch my back. Your back there, your hand cannot reach. So somebody must scratch it for you. So scratch mine for me, me too, I scratch yours for you. So we, we can see that these people are, are wrong people in our lives. But we try to manage them. How are they trying to manage Jonah? They try to lighten the ship by throwing cargo off. When you try to manage a Jonah, you throw away precious things in your life. You throw away precious principles in your life. You throw away the things that are meant to keep you going and to help you to reach your destination in life. You throw away church. You throw away uh, working in the house of God. You th- it's, it's all sorts of precious things. Principles you held in high esteem before, you throw them away. Just to manage Jonah inside your vessel. Even when it became obvious that Jonah was the problem, they were trying to steer the ship. They were trying to manage him. They were trying to still keep him there. And that is what a lot of people do. It gets to a point when it is obvious this person doesn't have to be in my life. But we try to manage. Oh, I'm praying for him to change. Oh, I'll enter the relationship with him so that I can bring him to church. You see, we are described as a city set on a hill. We are on a high ground. If I stand here and I'm trying to pull you from the ground and you're also pulling me, who is more likely to come down? Gravity is on the side of the one who is down. So most of the time, the one who is down wins. Because this human body has the natural tendency to do all sorts of things. Hallelujah. 
May the Lord give you the strength to bundle the Jonas out of your life. Trying to manage Jonah. And I believe the reason they were trying to manage Jonah was because he had paid his fare. There are some people, they have paid their dues in your life. It's like they have a right to be there. But they are the wrong people in your life. Maybe somebody who came to your aid when you were in some serious financial need. And the person came and paid your fees. Now his language is changing. Hey, I didn't know you were a beautiful girl like this. So, all this one, you are hiding all these things from me. Hey. At first, he didn't used to ask for hugs. Oh, baby, try me hug, baby, try me hug. And the hug too is five minutes. And the language begins to change. He has become a Jonah. No, no. This person was just supposed to be transient in your life. This person was supposed to come and play a role in your life and go. But you see, sometimes because you feel like you owe the person, the person has been good to you before. You feel like the person was there for you. The person has paid his fares. The person has paid his dues. It becomes difficult to say no. But if you don't bundle that Jonah out of your ship, your ship will never reach its destination. I pray for strength for you. I pray for boldness for you. I pray for the spirit of tenacity. And I pray for the spirit of discernment that you would identify, capture, and throw overboard the Jonas that are in your life. There are certain Jonah mentalities. You can't even enter marriage with them. You must throw them overboard before you go into that ship called marriage. Hallelujah. Yeah. The men who have the mentality that the Bible says the man is the head. He didn't give a part to the woman, so he decides she's a tail. That principle only applies in the jungle. Animals. Where if you have a head, you must have a tail. In our world, when you have a head, you don't necessarily have a tail. You know what a tail is? A tail is an appendage. A lot of animals can live without their tail. You cut, haven't you seen lizard walking around tailless? There are dogs walking around tailless. There are appendages. They are like decorations to them. A lot of people marry women, and that is what they are meant. It's like a tail. It's just you are, you are like a, an adornment. Oh, a fine woman by my side. And we are walking and saying, and that is all. You don't value the woman. You don't respect the woman. May God take such tendencies away from the men who are about to get married. The head and tail mentality is a jungle mentality. It's in the animal kingdom. But I say the woman is the neck. The neck supports the head. And the neck, interestingly, also has the ability to de- decide the direction in which the head looks. If somebody wants to behead you, he doesn't cut your head. Oh. Have you seen somebody trying to behead somebody and he's taking a saw and he's cutting here? No, it is your neck that is cut. Because your neck is important to the head. Hallelujah. There are certain mentalities you must throw away. Jonah mentalities. 
you must throw away before you enter marriage. Men don't change diapers. When a baby has saw this, Obano is so. Obano. You want a boss in some sauce at me. Look at the nose. Yeah. Look at the nose. No, men don't change diapers. Men don't have children. There are Jonah mentalities that you must throw away. Hallelujah. Let me come to the woman too. This mentality that I must always be in the realm of the soul, emotional. God didn't say we should walk in the flesh. He didn't say we should walk in the soul. He said we should walk in the spirit. You can't be overly emotional. Being emotional a bit is okay. But don't be overly emotional. Everything must result in tears. No, reserve your tears for worship. Reserve the tears. You cried out. The tears are finished. When it's time to worship, no tears are coming. Reserve them for the Lord. Everything you cry. When is that time of the month you want to cry, but you don't know why you are crying? No, no, you must know. (laughs) When those tendencies come, that is the time to switch into the realm of the spirit. That is the time to start worshiping. That is the time to start speaking in tongues. Because when those things come in, you are living and walking in the realm of the soul. And that is not where we are commanded to be. Hallelujah. The world will tell, oh, it is hormones. We are not controlled by hormones. We are moved and controlled by the Spirit of God. Not hormones, not chemicals. If we say, oh, because we are women, estrogen, hormones, so we are allowed to let the hormones control us. The men, too, if we say testosterone must control the men, then there will be a lot of punches in the house. He will have 20 concubines because we are allowed to be controlled by hormones. But ladies and gentlemen, hormones don't control us. We are born of the spirit. The Bible says he that is born of the spirit is spirit. We defy some of the natural laws. We defy some of them. There's no point shouting and, and screaming at everybody during that time of the month. Just because you are menstruating, you become mami jata. Please, 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 please. I'm not in a mood, though. I'm not in a mood. May that Jonah mentality live your life. It is a Jonah mentality. You must clear it. Before you and otherwise, the marriage will go and hit some rock somewhere. Look, the things that destroy marriages, and they are little, little things. So, little foxes, little foxes, little foxes is the little things that will tell you the direction in which your relationship with anybody is going. Just like when the wind is blowing, you want to know the direction it's going. It is the pieces of paper, the leaves, the seemingly insignificant thing. They are the ones that when you look at, will tell you this thing is moving east, moving west, and inform you as to how to run to save your life. The little, little things. Me, I've bathed children before. I've changed diapers before. My height is still the same. Recently, my father was telling some people in the house that your father is better at changing diapers than me. I'll change it. It doesn't change anything. Me, there are sort of things I could do. 
<laughs> one night, eh, we were sleeping and knee had a blocked nose. And you know how it can be distressing? A little child, <laughs> and tell her, you can't sleep like distressing. And you can't tell, blow your nose. You can't tell the child. I took him and sucked the thing out of his mouth and threw it out. And we all slept. My height is still the same. <laughs> my height is still the same. I can't watch my child in distress like that. I can't. The mentality of, oh, I get home and I just cross my leg. Especially when it's just the two of you. When it's just the two of you. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. When later they are others to help and stuff like that, then you, the man, you can concentrate on planning strategically for the family. All hands on deck. Before you got married, you were surviving. You were surviving fully. You could cook the rice yourself. That some men, they can't do anything. Even if you give them water to boil, they will burn it. Water, they will burn it. Can't do anything. You think when you become a married man, that is your liberation. I've got a washerwoman, a maid servant, a house girl, everything put together. Let that Jonah be bundled out of your mentality today. It's not a right mentality. It's not a right mentality. Helping out as a man doesn't lessen you as a man in any way. In fact, it even makes you a better man. Makes you a better man. I know I'm saying this. There are a lot of young married women who are depressed, frustrated, but can't talk. Career women. And they have to combine with it so much at home. And they can't talk. And the reason is that when you complain, you'll be seen as a lazy woman. You'll be seen, even, they can't even complain to the husband. Because it's like, ah, you are supposed to take care of the home. But ladies and gentlemen, times have changed. Those days when the women stayed at home and the men went to work are, are gone. The women are rubbing shoulders. They are even doing better than the men in certain areas. Me, I teach students, so I know the boys' boys. Not, <laughs> not go to for them. You read a girl's essay and you're like, ah, I feel proud that I thought... The boy said, pigeon, what can pigeon sir? The English to construct the sentence cries some way. So the ladies are also climbing. And so the dynamics changed. Just like now, we expect that the women too will contribute financially. I believe the men too must contribute when it comes to taking care of the home. Hallelujah. Until maybe you've gotten to a point where you can have help and, you know, things like that. It is all hands on deck. I pray that these Jonah mentalities will live your life. I pray that God will give you the strength to identify the Jonas and throw them out of your life. And I pray that the ship of your life will reach its destination and nothing shall stop it. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to pray for yourself today? You want to pray one prayer? That Lord, give me the discernment. Give me the boldness. Give me the ability to identify the Jonas and to throw them out. The inanimate Jonas. 
the wrong mentalities, the wrong mindsets, the wrong attitudes. That habit of yours can be a Jonah. That character trait of yours can be a Jonah. There may be human beings in your lives that are Jonas. They are going to cause your ship to wreck. They are going to ensure that your ship does not reach where it's supposed to reach. We want to pray in the name of Jesus. There are people in our lives that are strange women. There are people in your lives on, on your call list that are strange men. You know that these people carry nothing but trouble. Pray for their boldness to bundle them out of your lives. They are friends, but they must be demoted to acquaintances. There are some of them, you must relabel their, their contact names on your phone. You must label some of them as trouble. You must label some of them as, as avoid, avoid, avoid. You want to pray for that boldness in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. The grace to identify. The grace to bundle out. Throw out the Jonas in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The son of the living God. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory. We give you praise. We thank you for this word that has come forth. We pray in the name of Jesus that this word will be cemented deep down in our spirits. That at the end of the day, we shall be doers of it and not listeners only. I pray for your people under the sound of my voice. Grant them the grace to identify the Jonas. But more importantly, give them the strength, the tenacity, and the willpower to bundle the Jonas and throw them out of their lives. And Father, by this deed, may every tempest in their lives cease in the name of Jesus. And I declare upon their lives that their ships will not wreck and that it will reach its destination to the glorification of your holy name. To glory, Father, to glory, Son, to glory, Holy Spirit. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Oh!